Big Fluff. Here's where the party's gonna be. It'll be mostly contained in the lobby of the bank. It's gonna be pretty fancy, so we're gonna need to blend in. Security's on the second floor, so we'll have to get past your brother and Farrell to get to the elevator that accesses the ninth floor where the safe is. Okay, and Austin, you'll hack into the bank's camera system from Brisbane's office. Gus, we're gonna make our way to the safe. It's suspended 100 feet off the ground, so the only way to get to it is to climb. Wow. Maddie, are you sure you're gonna be able to make this climb? I mean, it's double the size of the water tower. You guys take care of your jobs. I'll take care of mine. Hey everybody, I'm Joel Murphy. And I'm Andy McIntyre. And this is Silver Linings Playback, the podcast where we watch maligned movies and we find their silver lining. And we are continuing Heist Movie Month, the month of November, with perhaps the heistiest movie that we've talked about so far, uh, the Fox Kids classic, Catch That Kid. Yeah, this movie couldn't be any heistier. Like, I, it's it's I, heisty. I feel like we were, we were, you know, sort of maybe going off course a little bit, you know, this month where or we were playing like, like a group of heisters. We were playing fast and loose with the rules, but this... This is paint by numbers, baby. Like, yeah, we've definitely been uh, a ragtag group of rogues brought together <laughs> for a specific project. But now we've course corrected, and man, do we have a heisty movie to talk about? Uh, catch that kid. Yeah, which I didn't realize. I I have not seen a lot of pre-Twilight Kristen Stewart work because why would I have? But. Uh, Interesting. You, you haven't seen Panic Room? <laughs> I haven't seen Panic Room. That's as I said a lot. Um, but apparently having weird love triangles and <laughs> you know, like having two guys fight over her is just her life, apparently. Yeah, can I I'm sure Catherine Hardwick was trying to cast Twilight and happened to come across Catch That Kid and be like I wonder what this girl's up to now, because she is playing that triangle. I really believe ah. that two dudes want to date her simultaneously. And one of them might fall in love with that baby. <laughs> That's a thing that happens in Twilight. That is a thing that happens in Twilight. <laughs> future um, future podcast episode when we, we do the Twilight We might have to do films. a Twilight month at some point. Yeah. We probably narrowly avoided it in October. So I think we did dodge that bullet pretty successfully, but... There is next October. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where things are. Um, so, of course, everyone uh, that's watched Catch That Kid knows that it is uh, a remake mm -hmm. of the uh, Danish classic Klatsrotuven. Uh, Obviously. And, uh, you know, which I mean, I, I'm not to talk down to you guys, but I think we all know that stands for the climbing girl. That's the right. English translation. But I just just in case. But I you guys. Knew There's, that. Yeah, I mean, we cater to a pretty high caliber of listener. And I'm sure that not only have you all seen and well-studied Klotja Tuvin, um, you know, it means the climbing girl. Well, also 80% of our audience is Danish. So that's true. We, we are, <laughs> we are huge in Copenhagen. Yes. That is, that is a real thing. <laughs> 
Um, but anyways, uh, solid idea for a, a like a kids movie. Yeah, I'm just gonna say it. You know, it's a good it's a good good premise kids heist movie. Mm-hmm. Why not? Let's do it. Yeah. No, I mean it's. I like yeah. Why it's? I have some questions about the execution for sure. But, As do I. But pitch wise, I get it. I do want to take a moment before we go too far in, since we're talking about the name, since we talked about the original. Uh, I just want to point out that one of the working titles, and also the title that they used in the UK, was mission without permission and i think that is so much better so much better yeah Yeah. just just want that for the record yeah should have been mission without permission yeah because it wasn't really about trying to catch the kid no that was a very small part of it like that was and it was catching multiple kids yeah catch those kids apparently catch that girl was also one of the working titles (laughs) yeah but like it that's not what the movie's about. No, it's a terrible title. Like Mission Without Permission, I feel like I know what I'm in for. Yeah, that's a, it. Is there a is there anything the Brits do worse than America? I mean, let's be honest here. Food. Okay, yeah, that's yeah, true. it's that's, food. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, that's <sighs> they deep fry eggs. Yeah, they also just they don't know what pudding is. They call a lot no. of things pudding, and they... almost none of them are pudding. Yeah, very few of the things that they call pudding are actually pudding. <laughs> All right. So All right. <laughs> let's let's dive in here and try try to figure out uh what what we have on our hands. Yeah. Um none of this movie makes sense. I'm just going to put that out there. No, I so okay, let's just dive in. So for one of my first problems with this movie is it's like 10 minutes in that Kristen Stewart has decided to rob a bank. Like, it happens way too fast in terms of, like, just, uh, you know, so the the setup is that uh, she clearly, like, loves her dad and is pretty ambivalent towards her mom. Um, But her dad is her hero, and they both are rock-climbing enthusiasts. He had an injury before... Uh, he also had on a hat, premise-wise, he also runs a go-kart race. That was very confused why we were doing go-karting and rock climbing. As like, I feel like we should have picked a lane. Uh, yeah, and why is this the second movie where... Second, basically, heist movie where go-karting is heavily involved in the backstory of one of the characters. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because Nicolas Cage's character in Gone in 60 Seconds had retired to live a... A crime-free life running a go-kart track. I, I don't feel like go-kart tracks are that profitable, but apparently they are many people's retirement plans. Yeah, that that's maybe there is a SoCal go-karting scene that you know we just aren't aware of. I haven't found it yet. If it is right, and it must not be in Glendale, is is what we can surmise. We can definitely cross off Glendale. Probably like Burbank. Uh, Probably, you know, um, Silver Lake, you know, I'm trying like I can, you know, pretty much this general area we can we can rule out, I think. Yeah, that 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 definitely makes sense. Um, yeah. I thought that was weird. Um, yeah, just oh, just a weird choice to make him a former rock climber who now runs a go-kart track when he could have very easily and probably would have made more sense run like 
the kind of you know gym type of place like with a like climbing a, gym with an indoor climbing wall. Yeah, that's would have made way more sense. Like he could have run the Earth tracks in that area. Mm hmm. It would have like fit a, for California for sure. It's yeah, probably I'm, a better business. I'm sure business. there are indoor climbing gyms all over the place. Yeah, so it would have made more sense thematically, yes. but fine. Okay. Uh, and you could still have uh, one of the kids be a go-kart enthusiast and get the go-karts in there. Yeah, like it, because and also the go-karts are such a small part of it that you didn't need a whole backstory around it. Yeah, you just needed that one kid who hooks the Xbox with nitrous up to the go-kart. He loves go-karts done and he's also a bad mechanic who doesn't put the lug nuts back onto the wheels when he you know is the pit boss for his brother's go-kart team i would say based on how competent he appeared to be throughout the rest of the movie i think he just wanted his brother to die actually yeah that 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 sounds pretty accurate (laughs) uh yeah so so the father he had at the start of the movie he's already had his injury happen but then complications from the injury he just collapses while dancing with his wife yeah Uh, he all of a sudden gets paralyzed many years after uh, having a surgically repaired spine and then um basically the doctor just comes in and is like hey there's a magic surgery that he can get we're no no effort put into any sort of medical talk or showing x-rays or anything just there is a surgery that he can get it costs two hundred fifty thousand dollars yeah um oftentimes the pretense for uh the inciting incident for heist and heist movies are fairly thin this is is quite thin yeah well i mean it's just we don't like yeah he just collapses randomly we're told that he's paralyzed but we're told it can just be fixed but no no information about what the what's going on with him medically how it would be fixed it's just he just needs money money will fix his legs is essentially the what we're told right they never taught like they don't say words like cervical vertebrae or fusion or you know spinal grafting or any of the number of things related to back surgery that yeah no, it, it. it's just experimental. The word used is experimental. Uh, but so then, so the the thing is, okay, he's going to get the surgery. He's going to be fine. Uh, you know, we see in the end that that's true because apparently uh, three months after they get the money, he's like walking around, like not with a cane, not in a wheelchair. He's just yeah. walking. No, he's not an ambulatory wheelchair user. He's not, he's fully healed. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this is like, Kurt Angle's miraculous neck surgery right after WrestleMania 19 that yeah what normally takes keeps people out of action for up to a year he was back in like three weeks yeah and even like Captain America's Civil War does more to justify a character walking after like a paralyzing injury than this movie it's just like he's fine like, we don't see the surgery. We don't know what's up. He's just up and up. But anyway, okay. I'm going to let that go. I just wanted that noted. I wasn't doing this whole episode without talking about how little effort they put into any of the medical justification. But it really was just that of like, it's like 10 minutes of, you know, this is the setup. He he needs this surgery. He's paralyzed. And like, not even an attempt to show them 
do like a bake sale or anything. It's just the mom who has designed the security for the bank goes to her boss, asks for a loan. He says no. And then it's like, well, I got to rob the bank. Like it is like, well, there's nothing super else quick. to do. <laughs> and they don't even establish like they establish that she has a bit of a rebellious streak in that she climbs when her mother doesn't want her to. Yeah. But that's a big leap between that and committing horrible, horrible crimes. Well, and then we get the fact that the, her two friends who are both in love with her, they're also both immediately on board this as well. Like, I, and yeah. that's the power that Kristen Stewart has over people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she pits vampires against werewolves. Like she, you know, that's just what she does. Preteen boys against other preteen boys. Gearheads against tech nerds. <laughs> yep. Those are the monster tropes they used in this movie. Uh, people breaking into a house versus rich people with panic rooms. <laughs> oh man, so many triangles. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but Charlie's so Angels against other Charlie's <laughs> Angels. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I assume I didn't see that one. But I did not see it either. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, but on a future episode, I'm sure we'll be talking. Oh about man, it. we could do a Charlie's Angels month probably. Uh, Anyways, and, yeah. um, no, this movie just, this movie is just like, just ridiculous logic apps all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, like, spends time on things it doesn't need to spend time on while blowing past things that could probably use a little bit more work establishing. Yeah, it, like, like, their plan is a bad plan. Well, okay, so yeah, let's, let's take a minute. So, her mom... Asks, so her mom is the person who runs security for the bank. She designed yes. it. Like, it is her work. That's her job is to design security for banks. I assume. I don't know if she designs security for other people, but. But she definitely does for banks. Then her husband needs this surgery. So she goes to the bank manager and says, I need a loan for $250,000. He is basically Mr. Burns. So he laughs at her and tells her to leave. Yeah, uh, he's. Very much, very, he has big Mr. Potter energy from It's a yeah. Wonderful Life. Yeah, and so then the thing is, like, Kristen Stewart's plan is to steal the exact amount of money that her mom just asked the guy for from the bank that she'd, like, best case scenario, Kristen Stewart's plan is just framing her mom for this crime because the fact that her mom wouldn't be the first suspect in a bank robbery where the exact amount of money that she was asking for was stolen from the bank that she runs the security for, like, well, seems like a bad plan from the start. Yeah, well, much like uh, Max Therios' character uh, just wanted his brother to die, maybe she did want her mom to get framed. She didn't seem to like her mom very much. No. Uh, yeah, so it's just, it's a terrible plan uh, that, like, the resolution of the film is literally the only way, and it's it's kind of a deus ex machina, but it's like, because I, I was sitting there watching this movie, I was like, how are they going to get away with this? Because it is so obvious that they are robbing this bank. <laughs> like, they're yeah, not good like at it. Like, also, so then the thing is, so her mom asked for the money. Once she decides to rob the bank, her plan involves her 
asking a lot of questions uh, to people who work at the bank about how the bank's security operates. She just is asking everyone she can, every question and she can. And getting immediate answers. Well, they're all, I mean, straight up. So, yeah, the guy who, what is his title at first? Like, he's he's not the bank manager, but he's right below him. Yeah, he's the assistant manager or something like that. But he is like, would you like to go on a tour of the bank? And then starts taking her into all the restricted areas and straight up without much of a push goes, I have a code that unlocks every area of the bank. That code is De Niro. He just tells her, this is my code. And also then his entire personality is based on the fact that he loves Robert De Niro, which means that like anyone could probably guess that code anyway. But like he just tells her. This is MAGA 2020 exclamation point level password <laughs> security. Yeah, it's yeah, it, it is very much, um, you know, but like, you know, and, and the fact that it's a bank, like, why not just make it dinero instead of De Niro? That would have been money. good. That would have been good. good. You like that? Yeah, yeah I, I like that, but, that. But that was too. Yeah, that's too, you know, A to B. This movie's very A to A. Yeah, incredibly A to A. Uh, so then, so she asks all these questions. She gets a, one of her friends uses child abuse to, as a, an, oh, as God, a, yeah. as a cover to get handed a plastic model of the bank, which then somehow the other kid makes a 3D model of it, which all felt so unnecessary considering her mom designed security for the bank. It felt like they could have just gotten it from their, her mom's laptop, but like instead they steal a real model of the bank and then convert it to a 3D model. Yeah. They steal a 3D model and then convert it to like a wireframe yeah. digital 3D model. <laughs> yeah. which it, Okay. Um, but and it didn't give them any information they didn't already know. Yeah, well, because she's given all the information she needs from the tour that she gets where she's also like that's I mean, again, so the kind of the thing for heist movies that is like, you know, because we played the opening clip where they're going over the job. And if you think about something like Ocean's Eleven or you think of a uh, a good heist movie, there's a lot of like them going over the plan. And then uh, inevitably there's a character going like. But that's not even the worst part, you know, like then we have to hack into this thing using a key we won't have, you know, and getting past security that we can't trick. You know, you have like usually there's a lot of that kind of dialogue of like, you know, but I haven't even said the worst part yet, you know, of like. Right. But in this movie, it's just no, these are the this is what you have to do. These are the code. There's only all you need is a pin code that you can get by hanging out with this guy for a day. Uh, And then you have to deal with some dogs, but also. You know, just a child can hang out with the dog guy for a day. And even though he never masters getting the dogs to listen to him, he will when it counts, you know. Right. And trained dogs always listen to people who are not their trainers or, you know, masters when they give them directions. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, like I have a pug who like only listens to me like 50% of the time and definitely does not listen to strangers. (laughs) Yeah, it's, um, and there's just like these, like they established that the security guards, one of whom is, uh, Max Theria's older brother, uh, and the other guy very is, inept. yeah, well, and the other guy is just like, uh, just, you know, like a sadist, <laughs> like he's yeah, just, yeah, <laughs> like watched Full Metal Jacket and really rooted for Arlie Ermey's character. 
Yeah, he is like the most cartoonishly evil character, maybe in any movie. Like he's just for fun. He's electrocuting uh, like ants off of their desk. And then like he's punching the other guy in the nuts just randomly like. I mean, that's the silver lining is the nut punches. That's that's <laughs> comedy right there. That is gold. Oh, not to mention the fact that the command given uh, to get um, the dogs to stop chasing you kind of sounds vaguely like the words ass fart, as they yeah. say. Yeah. Which and of course, we know that everybody here also, in addition to speaking Danish, they're well versed in Central European languages and they know that ausfart is the German word for go away. Yeah. Exit. Which is not what the dogs do at that. No, nah, they just stop. Yeah. And the word German word for stop is halt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which would have, seems like an easier one to use, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know. Uh, okay. So, also, we haven't talked about the fact that the cameras are T-Rexes, so they yes. only sense movement. <laughs> like, if you stop moving... Like, her mom is terrible at her job. I just want to take a moment to say that. So that bad. The bank manager is completely... And look, she was great in Flashdance. We haven't really talked about the fact that her That mom, it's Jennifer Beals. That her mom is played by Jennifer Beals, uh, who I do really like and who's... Yeah, you same. Know, Flashdance, iconic. Totally. But um, she isn't good at designing security for a bank. She doesn't deserve a $250,000 loan because she's terrible at her job. Or uh, a paycheck for that matter. <laughs> But like, yeah, these cameras, they like, they basically just move if you move, but if you, if they find you, so if you're like moving back and forth, it'll follow you back and forth. But then if you stand in place, they give up on following you. They just look somewhere else. But like, that's terrible. That's a horrible design flaw. Yeah. If you stop for a second. It will stop and then you can move and it won't catch up to you. Yeah, it doesn't reset. It doesn't think to it. And also, yeah, it it would make sense if like if you stop moving, if it just stopped and waited for movement again. But like, no, it just looks away. It decides to look somewhere else actively if you stop moving. Well, and that it like it turns off. <laughs> yeah, it turns off. Also, there are zero cameras in the room with the vault. Like, there, yeah, is, there isn't a camera pointed at the money in the vault. Yeah, not a single camera once you get... Because no one's going to get inside the vault. That's the thing. Because how are you going to guess <laughs> Yeah, De Niro, the, the assistant manager of the bank's code? Also, I just, I just want to say for as much as uh, Jennifer Beale seems to really hate uh, climbing and that the other members of her family does it, she sure designs a bank vault that requires you to climb to get in it. Yeah, and like just thinking about design flaws, like how do you does the bank does the vault lower if people need to access it, or yeah, do you it, need to climb to free climb two hundred feet in the air to? Yeah, what happens if someone wants to like uh, take some of the money out of the vault, like if or add money to the vault? Like, does the poor guy like driving the armored truck? to pick up the money to deposit in the vault does he is does he have to be a skilled rock climber to get into this vault do they exclusively cast american ninja warrior contestants <laughs> as their bank security yeah it's like oh get this carabiner out <laughs> yeah it is the flimsiest of things of just like well she's a rock climber so thus the vault has to require you to do like a ridiculous climb to get into it. it but yeah it's just in the middle of the room like what is it like 200 feet up in the air or something yeah, like, and, and they could have written that away with saying that 
like the only way to lower the vault is to get is that you need fingerprint codes Mm -hmm. and they're not going to be able to get or fake those fingerprint codes or retinal scans or any number of things. So the only way for them to get up there is to climb. Sure. Explained. Or or you could have just said, like, we have to access the vault from like the sewers or something. So we have to climb up to get to the floor of the vault or something like, yeah, there's a lot of ways you could have made it be that she has to climb that don't require a vault to just be weirdly suspended, like 200 feet up in the air. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Who doesn't love a vault that's like a football field above you when you need to just like put a stack of cash in it? But if you know how to correctly open the safe deposit boxes, you can create steps. Yeah, which is what she does. She she uses the safe deposit boxes as steps, but then has to free climb at the end, which again, I know this is nitpicking, but like if they had just made it that the other two kids uh, had learned rock climbing from her dad would have made more sense when he's concerned about her free climbing that he knows about rock climbing and how dangerous that is. Right. But whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so they get the money. Mm-hmm. And then and there's a little, little go-kart versus cop car chase. Where they're trying to catch the kids, finally. Oh, that's why it's called Catch That Kid. Yeah. Also, hey, look, I do want to give a shout out because one thing we haven't mentioned with that... Uh, I, you know, I look, I know we're not at the silver linings, but I actually thought it was probably their most clever... Uh, complication was that she still had to babysit her little brother during the yes. bank heist. But I did clock the fact that when they're escaping from the bank, they have to slide down this tube. Literally, the baby slides down the tube last. He gets kind of stuck, but then he ends up sliding down. And she literally does catch that kid when he comes nice. out of the tube. So, yeah. <laughs> Another weird thing about that is like she makes a point of saying that. Oh, my little brother hasn't made a sound yet in his life. <laughs> yes. Like, that's incredibly concerning because... He's way um, too old to have not. Right. Like, I'm, and speech delays are, are a very common thing. You know, it's a normal thing that happens. But, like, that's not something you hand wave. And it wasn't even that he wasn't able to talk yet. Because he was... The kid was, like, between one and two would be my guess. Yeah, that seemed right. Um... But like, doesn't make a sound. Like, doesn't cry. Doesn't yeah. Yell. Like, yeah, does not make a noise his entire life. Like, that seems like a thing that you should figure out what's going on. Like, that kid should have probably had some like personal care, like you know, home acts, like home visit tutors, you know, speech therapists, all of that stuff. Like, that maybe should, that's where and, all their money went. Maybe that's why they don't have the two hundred fifty thousand dollars. You know what? We probably if there's probably cutscenes about that on the DVD. We should have done sure, that. I'm sure they covered it. Yeah. Um. Of course they did. But yeah, like that was just a weird hand wave. And then the kid like says his first words when he's with Corbin Blue. <laughs> yeah. And then just from there on, just proceeds to just talk like yeah. consistently and like multiple words, <laughs> like just yeah, different words in different situations. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it was a Tommy situation where he was completely mute for a long time then just back to normal mm-hmm. yeah sort of yeah. like his dad at the end of the movie with walking <laughs> yeah just boom yeah um yeah just all ridiculous so then the the end of the movie so basically 
It takes five seconds to figure out they robbed the bank because they're terrible bank robbers. Right. It's just immediately because there's no no one else that could have done it. Yeah. And then, you know, quick goat thinking on the behalf of Jennifer Beals. She's like, oh, oh, no, I told them to do it. (laughs) Wait, hold on one second, though, because I don't want to skip over this particular moment because in. So so they get the money (laughs) that her plan is to show up at the hospital where her dad is to drag his hospital bed out with the open bags of cash on his lap. Like just because they're still searching for the people who robbed the bank. So she just immediately goes to her dad's hospital bed with the money and just has the money waved around in front of everybody. And that's how everyone shows up and is like, hey, you guys stole the money, clearly. Because you know what hospitals love doing? Taking payments in cash. Yeah. You also know what hospitals love doing is when you just burst into a room with a guy who's paralyzed and just decide to unhook him from his equipment and wheel him out of there. Right. (laughs) It doesn't set off any alarms. Like, there's no, like, sort of monitors that, like, you know. Yeah, the the floor nurse isn't, like, stopping them or calling security. (laughs) Apparently, it's the same medical staff from The Devil's Advocate is working at this hospital. (laughs) It's the same hospital, except this yeah. one was in L.A. It's, uh, yeah. whew. Uh, you know, make sure you go back and listen to our Devil's Advocate episode so you can get that joke if you haven't. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, so, good stuff. So, yeah. So then Jennifer Beals does the only deus ex machina explanation uh, that could possibly explain how shoddy their work has been at robbing this bank, which is she goes, it was a test. I did it to show you. That the bank security didn't work, which my contract allows, apparently. I'm allowed to... She's allowed independent testing. Yeah, which apparently covers stealing money from the vault. Um, And so, then, luckily, De Niro fan uh, is fed up with his boss. So, he just decides, sure, I buy that. And then, 50 news crews are at the hospital, and then they all cover it and somehow their coverage makes everyone realize that they love the dad and then everybody chips in to pay for his surgery which seems like something they could have tried before they robbed the bank well and then (laughs) uh the 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 now head of the bank the now president of the bank because the former president got fired for ineptitude not the people that he hired didn't also get fired with him just the bank president also let's point out that he's right about everything like as much as he's vilified he doesn't say anything that's not true like he's like she robbed the bank i don't believe her story she's terrible at her job which clearly she is yeah, and this isn't even getting into the fact that a bunch of 12-year-olds just dress up real fancy and no one questions them at this bank gala. Which again, and that's where the writing really like struggles too of like, her mom doesn't go to the party. Like I kept thinking like you could justify this if she went to the party with her mom, but her mom skips the party that she crashes. So it's weird that she's there. No, she's but- there. No, because her mom goes to the hospital. She ends up showing up at the party, but she goes to the hospital, which is why she has to watch her brother. Because she's like, I'm going to be with your dad. They're running tests at the hospital all night. And then she shows up at the party late. But it's like, if you had her just go to the party, she could have been like, I want to go to this party with you. That could have been part of why it had to be that night. 
but yeah but anyway yeah so they all show up they're all known at that point too like they've all been asking questions around the bank they all show up in like formal wear and then yeah they rob the bank it's super obvious that it's them uh but yeah also just like the the fact that at the end everybody's like well of course we're gonna help chip in money to save your dad he's great like we love your dad also it seems to appear that they were only charging three dollars for admission to the go-kart track which is probably why you don't have two hundred fifty thousand dollars to pay for the surgery you are severely undercharging you could easily ask for a fiver for that kind of entertainment yeah i mean it's just yeah like yeah even though this is like early 2000s but still come on like jack those ticket prices up a little bit yeah uh, and then, well, so then when the bank manager, the former bank assistant manager becomes bank president, he's like, and don't worry, I know you have to make this $250,000 payment. So I got it covered. Here's 50 grand. <laughs> yeah. Which like, yeah. Unclear if he knew they already had the other $200,000. He just could be lowballing them. I also really wanted just like, cause the whole scene is that like, they open up the the racetrack and all these kids are coming up and it's like they're like three dollars and a kid's like here's a hundred keep the change i really just and then the next kid's like here's 20 keep the change it's for your dad i just wanted one kid to be like here's my three dollars like i don't <laughs> care about your dad <laughs> let me I think in that whole press the gas and kick some butt joke is dumb <laughs> yeah your dad's terrible at this like, why is that his job? <laughs> Shouldn't he be rock climbing? <laughs> or like teaching rock climbing or running a climbing gym? <laughs> yeah. Anyway. All right. I I think it's time to pivot though, right? Do we? Uh, we could go on and on about all of the dumb things. Like when they had uh, John Carroll Lynch like act in a movie they were making so that they could have the video feed to trick the guards. Like yeah. that was dumb. Which he immediately is on board to film their movie where the dialogue... Well, it's also... One, it's just dumb. But two... Okay, you know what? Since you brought up this scene, I have like six thoughts on this scene. One... Me too. Why did they paint a terrible fake backdrop for him to stand in front of when clearly he seems gullible enough? Why don't you just demand to shoot it in his office? Like, he would have done that. We need to use your office as the set. He's that stupid. So, right. Like, just um, use the real place. Like, instead, because they painted this, it's so fake. Like, it's like kids painting a wall. It's very obvious he's standing in front of a painting of a wall. And the security guards just accept it. As and like, it was already established that the security guards saw him in his finery for the bank gala, but he's just wearing a suit, like a regular outfit. In the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't match his clothes. Like, he's not in the room that he's supposed to be in. And again, and then it's just the fact that, like, they bother to do that, which in a more clever movie could have been something. But, like, that's the only thing they thought about. They didn't even think about, like, stealing more money than $250,000. So it wasn't obvious that they were the thieves or like having somewhere to go besides the hospital to drop off the money. So the money isn't on them. If the cops show up, like they didn't think through any detail of this plan except that one. Yeah. It's, it's almost like this was a bunch of teenagers planning a bank heist. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you might, you could make the argument that this is the most accurate heist movie ever made. I mean, it goes to what I've always said on this show. If I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. 
Teenagers are terrible at planning bank heists. You have said that. I wondered why you said it in most of the episodes you've done. But (laughs) it finally pays off. You finally get it. I mean, if you go back and listen to our uh, Star Wars episode two, Attack of the Clones episode, you bring it up. And I thought that was weird at the time. But no, it makes it. I agree. I can't I can't find any fault in that logic. Yeah. So, um, okay. So, but I think we should, we should get to some silver lines. Let's talk about, um, yeah, let's talk about the, the, the positives of this. Let's find the silver lining. What do you got? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Oh, well, first of all, it's kind of hinted at in the opening clip, like, and it's sort of where we started from, but I, I do think that it's true of like, this movie understands at least the, like, uh, structure of a heist movie and i i sincerely enjoyed the music the like though the sort of like uh sort of bouncy like boom 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 and just like you know when they really got into the the like okay here's the plan these are the thing like again a lot of the what was offered was dumb but just i enjoyed that they hit the formula like they yeah, really they, they, did they, they nailed the heist movie formula regardless of how dumb the actual plan was um I, and I'll, I'll say another thing like i thought that the movie did a good job of creating tension in the various scenes where it needed to like the climbing scene i thought was really well done even though it was so dumb and unnecessary but like like you felt nervous for her when she was like she had to, you know, free climb it because the carabiner didn't work, or, you know, the the wind or the winch, whatever thing didn't work. Um, all that stuff was like really well done. It was well shot, like throughout yeah. the movie. Like it was, it, like it looked good, and the like it was, it was a well directed movie. Yeah, I think that's what it, like it's. I mean, the movie's an hour and a half, and it it breezed by again to the point where I was like kind of blown away by the fact that they spent all of 10 minutes getting to the like okay we're kids robbing a bank like they were not wasting time so like i do give them credit on that stuff of like it and and i mean i say that all like that might sound thin but like sincerely if you take a step back and you think about the fact that the primary audience of this movie is makes it for kids which i think is often used as a cop-out you know considering like pixar makes movies for kids and they're amazing but like right if you do just think about it that if you're looking for a silver lining of like this for a kid, like where it's a you're watching a bank heist movie and the music's fun and like the pacing is good enough. Like, I feel like this would stand up to a kid's, you know, level of like, you know, no child watching this is going to be like, wait a second. Why doesn't she steal more money? Because, as I've always said, teenagers are terrible at bank robberies. Yeah, I think that that's I mean, that's the takeaway from this is that teenagers are terrible <laughs> at bank robbery. Uh, but, but uh, again, like I, I think it's a well made, it's not a well written movie, but it's a well made movie, I think is the way to put it. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that hundred percent. Um, I don't think that he does a good job in this movie, but man, I love John Carroll Lynch. He is one oh, of my favorite character actors. Yes. No, same. Yeah. John Carroll Lynch, uh, is great. He just is get, like, he tries in this movie. Like, yeah, I think he does what's asked of him, but he, it's not good. What it's asked. He's having of him. a ball. I think yeah. you can tell, like, he's like, I'm, I'm digging what I'm doing here. Um, yeah. He's fully but, committed to the role. I will say, but, uh, Kristen Stewart, I think is really good in this movie. Yeah, I mean, I think like I haven't I, I know that she's done a lot of work um, like she's one of the only 
Uh, she's the only American actor to win the French equivalent of the Academy Award. Uh, I can't think of the name of the award off the top of my head. Um, so I know that she's capable of good work. I haven't watched many of those movies, uh, but like she does a good job in this. And I can see why she like would get cast in a major vehicle a la Twilight based on that. Like she's like you buy it from her. The French Academy Award, it's called a Royale with cheese. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, but no, she, uh, she is really good. Like, like a solid child actor. Like you understand why she worked regularly as, and the movie, she really does carry the movie performance wise. Mm -hmm. Like, and I, I think she does a good job playing this part. Does not bite her lower lip once. I know. I was shocked. Uh, Cause like, that's all she did through twilight and Adventureland. Yeah. But she hadn't developed that affectation yet. So yeah um, uh, but, but no she was really good i do have uh another like small thing but i sincerely i think my favorite piece of writing in the whole movie was the way that she gaslit her two male friends into believing they were both secretly dating her by giving them each half of a matching love necklace and telling them they couldn't tell the other one that they were dating i i sincerely i'm not kidding i love that's that. good no it's yeah. great like great piece of writing. Like it really amused me uh, that that was how she settled that of like the fact that both of her male friends ha- have clearly fallen in love with her and want her to choose one of them. And she does not want anything to do with either one of them. No, she just wants to be friends with them, which is totally fine. Yes. Uh, and it, it's because it, at one point in the movie, both of them come to the realization that teenagers shouldn't aren't good at bank robberies mm-hmm. so totally um, yeah. in order to get them over that hurdle she yeah. convinces them that she's in love with them mm-hmm. and uh you know gives them the half half necklace like it's it's it is brilliant deception i just want to say as a note i know i'm doing a lot of like script notes on this but like i really wanted at the end for her to trick them into kissing each other i'm just gonna throw that out there of like when they were trying to get her to choose and she was like having them close their eyes like I think if she could have tricked them one more time and like if they had realized they were in love with each other and not her. Oh, that would have been great. It would have been nice. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. But there was that tiny bit of gay panic when they were hugging in celebration. They're like, oh, no, boys can't hug. There was yeah. a little bit of that. So it's disappointing. I think they just need to realize that 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 is really what they want. Because if you do like a, a catch that kid, you know, 15 years later. Corbin Blue and Max Theriot are clearly in a relationship. Yeah. Definitely. And I mean, like, let's be honest, Kristen Stewart's in a relationship with a woman at that point, yeah, too. Like, I mean, you know. Right. Like, that goes without saying. Yeah. So, like, come on. Uh, which also, Hollywood, we're available if you... That's if, our pitch. Oh, my yeah. God. We did. We got a pitch in this week. <laughs> Catch that in there, kid 15 right? years later. Yeah. Catch that kid's kid. That's what... <laughs> Oh, God. They're adopted kid. Yeah, they've adopted a kid. And then they both have mysterious injuries that paralyze both of them. And now and that kid needs to break into their grandmother's bank. It's even worse than the original bank. <laughs> Somehow the technology's gotten worse 15 years later. <laughs> it's just a bike lock at this point. <laughs> there are no cameras. Uh, every password that you have to enter is just one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the the keypad only has four buttons, so it's not like you get it wrong. Yeah. And even if you put four, three, two, one, it still gives it to you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Oh, God. I'd watch that movie. Yeah, I'd I watch think... that movie. Let's call up Kristen Stewart 
and she's, Corbin Blue. I'm pretty she'd be sure into this. I think. I'm pretty sure I think she'd do this. I do think that we we need to get Beals though too. Like I don't think it's a movie without her. You need and, and I mean I would love the chance to work with John Carroll Lynch. Like that's mm-hmm. oh well. Hey, look, John Carroll Lynch, if you are listening. And we know you are. Uh, yeah. Then the part that we're going to write for you is going to be amazing. Like, it's going to be really complex. Uh, you know, I, I think that, like... You're going to be the antagonist, but not the villain. Yeah. It, it, we're going to understand your point of view. Uh, you're also going to be reconciling with the fact that Robert De Niro isn't the actor that he was 15 years ago. You're really going to have to come to terms with that. And what does that mean for you if you've loved him so much then you're not the man you were 15 years ago, which is why you won't be steamrolled again by kids. Because really, isn't that when it all went wrong? The last time that you really went to bat for this family and had, did they ever remember that you went to bat for them? You, you saved them from jail. You gave them $50,000 out of your own money. You put your own career on the line after they manipulated you. They lied to you in order. They, they weren't you your friend. Yeah, they weren't your friend. They just steamrolled over you and you did the right thing. And did they even remember it? No, they don't. And now it's your turn to make yeah. them remember. Do you get a Christmas card from any of them? No. No, you don't. No, not a chance. They also didn't even give that model back that they stole from the bank, and that thing was expensive. Those aren't cheap. I mean, yeah, those that was a big model. That was as tall as uh, the kid that took it. Yeah. There you go. God, so, we have so many movies to write. <laughs> Hollywood, start paying us for these, because it's a lot of work. Yeah, I mean, we will like, you know, coming up with the ideas will do gratis. But if you want, if you want output, like you're gonna have to pay us. Yeah, we're not writing the treatment without like some cash on the table. So yeah, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit down for a meeting unless like we have a little bit of a retainer to come up with the to flesh out these ideas. Yeah, gold. Yeah, gold. so please reach out uh, to our managers and our agents. Also, if you're a manager or an agent and you're listening to this, we are looking for representation. So, because our current representation is just not doing it. No. So, because we have all this gold on the table, great ideas. And every week we're still back here just pitching these ideas, waiting for the checks to roll in. You know, and. In, in much the same way that teenagers are terrible at bank heists, mm-hmm. like bearded white guys in their 30s can write movies. Like, let's just put that out there. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, we can. As much as we can podcast. Those are the two things that we know those how are the to do. Two th- and do improv. And we do all of those things. <laughs> God, we do do all of those things. We do all of those things. <laughs> oh, man. When you really put it all out there like that. Tune in so- next week for our Dungeons and Dragons podcast. <laughs> Might as well, right? Yeah, let's just do it. Uh, it's the only thing we're leaving on the table at this point. So, all right. Well, obviously we, we did, did it. it. Uh, you know, this has just been gravy. But clearly, we silver lined the hell out of that movie. We still undefeated. Like this one might count as two wins. I don't know. Like that's how good this was. That's how good our silver linings are. Yeah, well, and it paid off the long-running thing that I've been saying during every show. Like that was Yeah, your... finally. <laughs> finally. So, uh, but yeah, that's going to that's gonna do it for us. We still, there's five weeks in November, so we still got one more of these heist movies to do. We got one more heist movie. It's our last heist, and then we're walking away from all of it. Like, yeah, it's just nothing... one last heist. You know, you know what? Listen, I'm out now. There's, I can't see anything that could bring us back. Unless, of course, November has five weeks in it. <laughs> 
the one thing that can get me back recording heist movies. But but Andy, didn't you hear? Your kid brother, Kip McIntyre, he took a job. And uh, unfortunately, he's completely underwater on the amount of uh, cars that he was supposed to steal. Oh, no. And you don't even want to know who he took the job from. I guess I'm going to have to get back in and do one more movie-based podcast about heist <laughs> movies in order to save his life <laughs> and square him. Yeah, so just tune in next week to find out if we save Kip McIntyre. <laughs> uh, and also remember that uh, Martian-based sci-fi does not play in middle America. Wait till that one pays off. <laughs> Silver Linings Playback is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on Apple Podcasts. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. We have to ask. It's a podcast where we answer the question, are you going to eat that? What will you leave behind? Why get out of bed? Will you be our neighbor? I'm Marty. And I'm Jonathan. We're two hosts. Infinite Universes. We, we have, have to ask. ask. New interviews every Tuesday. Find us on iTunes or online at wehavetoask.com or with the other great podcasts on the Peak Sloth Network at peaksloth.com. <laughs> <laughs>